Hey, Misty. Hey, Amaryllis. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I am so mad at you for making me watch this movie. I am mad at myself. <laughs> I am so angry with you. Well, you know, the reason I picked it was because I was like, it's new. A lot of people are going to be wanting to watch it and talk yep. about it. And so, I mean, and plus, like, we love to stand up against the man. So. I mean, that yes. Right? Sure. We do like to stand up against I the man. knock somebody out over my kid. Well, that's something that we're definitely going to talk about when we get into it, because I could definitely relate to Beata, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she was something else. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it when we talk about mm-hmm. it, but yeah, how's your week been? It's okay. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, same old, same old. Now, oh, I will say this. My, my mom's been here for about a month, yeah. and she went home today. I know. She um when she's here, she keeps Nova entertained. Oh man. She buys Catalina presents. She cooks. She cooks. Man. She washes Nova's clothes. Mm-hmm. And I mean she's my mom, so it's just nice that she's here around. Yeah. You know, to have around. Yeah. But she went home today. Yeah. She had to go home. She lives in Atlanta. Yeah. With my sister. Well, so I had a stripe this week. That was fun. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had you st- almost missed your solo. I had strep throat. I almost missed my solo, mm-hmm. but I pulled through. I was and, ready. I and, was ready. And I sang it, except there was a high part. I sounded horrible on it. <laughs> but the rest of it I killed. So, okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, you heard it, so you can confirm. I can confirm. Well, I really can't hear it from where we are. Oh, really? From, from that back. Well, yeah. Too bad for you. Yeah. It was great. The rest of it was that just one little high part. My throat was still so sore. Yeah. And I just could not. I couldn't Happens to the best of us. It was a struggle. But you know what? I feel like sometimes things like that happen so other people feel better about mm-hmm. themselves. Because they're like, oh. I safe. was hoping it would happen and our worship guy would say, well, this one is better suited for Amaryllis. Probably not. No. But he didn't. No. He's listening to this right now. Yeah. Um, but also, <laughs> let's see what else happened. Oh, an old man in Walmart said that I was prettier than the 4th of July. Well, that is pretty. I know. And I said. That's pretty. And I said, thank you. And then I kept my eye on him the rest of the time. Did he drive a white van? Uh, most definitely. Okay. He definitely had that vibe. Yeah. Like white. For sure. White van vibe. And like, we weren't even standing in the same aisle. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how I know like I'm holding up pretty good that people still want to abduct me. Is like, we just passed each other in like the main aisle. And he stopped and he said, you were prettier than the 4th of July. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you. <laughs> what parts of 4th of July, I sir? He was about 87. But it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Which made me feel better because I was like, I can take him if he tries to follow me yeah. out of my car. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be all right. So. And then Eli. Oh, my gosh. discovered the love of puzzles. This is amazing. And you know what I used to think? I used to think people who do puzzles are super boring. But he's not boring. No. And so I, I know that that's a stereotype. And I should be ashamed of myself. What? I, I hardly ever do puzzles. Rarely. I, I can't even remember the last time. But not, when I have done them, they're really fun. I do not have the attention span. Well, that's the thing is when you do them, somehow you're captivated by it. Really? This summer, Catalina, not this summer. Yeah, maybe during the summer, it was during Christmas break. She pulled out. We have a few of them around here. And she pulled them out and just did them on her floor. And she's a teenager. Yeah, well, here's the problem with my my fellow ADHD survivors is we're captivated by everything. I understand. And so as soon yeah. as I get captivated by that, something walks by me and I'm captivated by that. 
And I so understand. then I get up. Philip calls me 90%, which means I'll finish everything up to 90%, mm-hmm. and then I will not finish that 10%. I understand. So Yeah, I can relate. Yeah. I can relate. But that's a pretty amazing that little Eli has been. He loves them. He did six 100-piece puzzles today. That's crazy. I was like, man, if I could find a way to monetize this. I know. What if he becomes like Max from Speed Cubers, but it's puzzles? You know, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, what if we have unlocked his talent and he can put together puzzles faster than anybody? Oh, my word. There's, There's got to gotta be, be a competition. Okay. Max's dad, we think you're still listening. Please, God. Can you please look into this for us? Please look into it. Have you given him a Rubik's Cube? Misty, uh, give that boy a Rubik's Cube. I did. He peeled all the stickers off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got him one right after we did Speed Cubers, and he straight up peeled all them stickers off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Okay, well, that's not his gift. That's not, yeah. That's not his gift. You can't have everything. There has to be competitive puzzle. Surely-ing. Puzzling. Surely. Is that how you guys say it? Yeah. Uh I meant to tell you, speaking of my mother, she has started listening to all our episodes. <gasps> what? Now, listen, my mother is a Cuban immigrant. English is her second lan- language, mm-hmm. and she doesn't always catch everything that we say. Well, people who speak English don't catch everything. That's exactly right. But she said that she th- we speak clearly and <gasps> that a lot of times she doesn't understand what we're laughing at, really? but because we're <laughs> laughing so hard at each other, she starts laughing along with us. Oh. <laughs> She's a night owl. And so she said she just puts her earbuds in. She's 82. She puts her earbuds in, and she just starts listening to us. I love her. And then she then she would come out here in the mornings and want to discuss the documentaries with me. Really? <laughs> oh. You know what's funny is I never know what to call people's mothers. Because, you know, some people, like, here in the South, a lot of people like to be called Miss. Maybe it's their first name. Yeah. Like, a lot of kids will call me Miss Misty. Or, mm-hmm. you know, some people are like, oh, no, you need to call me Miss Gillespie. Or, mm-hmm. like, the first, some people do the first namers. I never know what to call people's mothers because I never want to like offend anybody. Mm-hmm. So I always say mother and then their child that I'm friends with name. So mm-hmm. I call your mom Mother Amaryllis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could call her by her first name. She would be totally fine with that. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. It feels disrespectful. I'm from this. Um, Let me, fun story, and then we'll get to talking about this documentary. Okay. My dad never liked for people to say sir to him because it's cultural. I mean, saying yes, sir, and yes, ma'am is very Southern. Other parts of the country don't do that. Like, every time Avery goes to meet somebody's parents, I'm like, if you don't say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. We were not taught that. I'm going to knock you out. I mean, you know, we talked about how I grew up. I mean, I grew up in the culture gap. At school, I was always made to say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. But at home, my parents were like, "Uh, that's not what we do, so you don't have to do that. Of course, we spoke in Spanish, too, but they didn't make us do that to other people. My dad didn't like to be mammed or, or didn't like to be sir. Really? Because he felt like it made him sound like he was in the military. Oh. And, and that does not bring up good connotations when you come from a communist country. Oh. And so it felt like yeah. it also made him feel inaccessible to people, like he was better or higher up than somebody. Uh-huh. And he definitely never was like that so he we were never ever taught to say yes ma'am or yes sir like I can compartmentalize it's called code switching when they 
usually you hear it when it comes to like a different race, like black community versus the white community, where the black community has to code switch from their culture when they're going into a job where it's majority white or they're code switching. Well, I had to code switch my whole life Mm -hmm. because I would go to my Cuban household and we would be talking in a particular way, but then I would go to my very Southern Christian school Mm -hmm. and I'd have to yes, ma'am and yes, sir. And it would be super different code switching constantly. Yeah. I have to code switch when I go to Hoover. That's a big difference. That's where I used to have to go to school in elementary school, and I was raised in Shannon, so, you know, you have to act a little more out of class when you get there. So, yeah. A lot of code switching. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about Take Care of Maya. Oh, my goodness. Do you want to, or do you just want to give up and just... Uh, Hey, listen. Let's just shut it down. This is on the dot. I'm Amaryllis. And I'm Misty. We watch documentaries, so you don't have to, and boy, let me tell you, are we doing you a favor this week? Because we love to hear ourselves talk. We do. We do love to hear ourselves talk more than anything in this whole world. P.S. If you suffer with depression, go pop one because this is sad. No, avoid this documentary. Or Yeah, that's even better. <laughs> avoid it. Don't watch it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's, a, it's, a, it's an eye-opener, and I can promise you I'm never taking my child to the ER ever again. Oh, mm Will never happen. No. And I'm considering never taking them to a doctor, period. And I come from a medical family. I mean, yeah, but you like those oils, those snake oils. That'll heal them. <laughs> That'll heal them. <laughs> That'll be fine. I, I will, I certainly, look, my nephew, my nephew broke his toe earlier this week. And he also had massive giant bruises on his leg from just being a boy in the summertime. And, oh, yeah. You know, just kind of getting into his own messes. And I have bruises all the time. I, we, when my sister messaged us to, you know, tell us we're at the, we're at urgent care, and I was like, look at his legs. They're gonna call. I had just You're finished watching this. Custody. I had just finished watching this, and I was like, You're like wrap that baby up in a blanket and leave. put him in the car. Sneak out. Goodbye. <laughs> tell them that you forgot something in the car and get his tail out of there. Uh-uh. He's the only one that can find it and uh-huh. get the heck out of there because he had I mean his the bruises on his legs were just enormous and she said that uh, she told my mom I didn't I didn't she didn't tell me this she told my mom that they they did question him they were like tell me how you got this again and she had to say go ahead and tell him because tell him exactly what happened because this is the reason that sometimes parents get put in jail. Right. Not to put any pressure on you, 10-year-old son. <laughs> get it right or I pay the price. Yeah, but um, she said that they told her that if his bruises had been on his arms, that would have been a telltale sign of abuse. And But because it wasn't on his arms, and I guess also because he was talking so naturally about what had actually happened, well, good thing they never took me to the ER when I was in high school because I was a majorette and I had bruises on my arms constantly. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because you're catching a baton and yeah. when you miss, it hits you yeah. in the arms and the shoulders. Years, a couple years ago. Or the face. A couple years ago, we had a cat who was horrible. It was a feral cat that we found it as a kitten, mm-hmm. but you can't, you can't take, you can take the feral out of the cat, but you can't take, <laughs> I can't say that right, you know what I mean? Like, it was feral. <laughs> you can take the cat out of the feral, but you can't take the feral out of the cat. That, thank you, Misty. You're welcome. Thank you. And 
we tried so hard to make that cat part of our family, but it hated, it was terrible. It hated being held, it hated mm-hmm. being touched. And when you would try to touch it, it would bite you. And it especially hated Nova, my little one. Oh, yeah. And one day, I, and she constantly had scratches all over her. In fact, we tried to put it like the kitty nails on them. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. the kitty nail covers. Mm-hmm. And that worked for a long time. Yeah. Getting them on her was yeah. a nightmare. So anyway, I watched her. I watched Nova walk down the hallway one day, and Toonsis was right at the corner here and <laughs> stalked her. Toonsis, the driving cat. Uh-huh. Toonsis uh, stalked her, and when she came down, I watched Toonsis grab her by the neck. Mm-hmm. Like pounced on her, and I was like, "Okay, we're done." Well, that cat is but just like Natalia. Yes, she didn't want to be a Barnett either. That is, <laughs> and she tried to drag somebody in an electric fence. So it was very similar. Sometimes you gotta just attack. Very somebody. similar, but the house across the street caught fire one day. Oh, and <laughs> apropos of nothing here, no, the house across the street caught fire, and you know, of course, the firemen were here and police and. So I was at home with Nova, and I said, let's go watch all this go down. And so we were in the street. The policeman came up because she's this little girl that he just came to say hello to. Mm-hmm. First thing he noticed was the scratches on her legs. And I was like, crap, crap. I'm to jail. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to jail right now. All we wanted to do was be looky-loos. That's right. And look what it got us. In jail. In jail. And he totally got down on his knees, and he said, well, look at your legs what happened Mm -hmm. and I was like oh crap oh no and I let her answer I didn't answer for her and she said my cat scratched me and I just was like please lord let this be enough of a an explanation for this and it was yeah it was scary for just a few minutes so I was like he's going to totally take me to jail so when I'm watching this movie I'm getting like by the time it was over Misty I really no kidding I really needed a cocktail it was like my my face was puffy. I'd been crying the mm-hmm. whole time. It was so horrific what yeah. this family went through. It's terrible. Unbelievable. Okay, so let's let's jump in. The name of the documentary is Take Care of Maya. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty new. What, it's maybe It's been brand new, yeah. A couple a week or yeah. so? Yeah. Um, you've got Maya, of course, who's the daughter. They have a son named Kyle. Kyle. Jack is the father. And then mother's name is... Tell me if I pronounce this correct. Beata. 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 I cannot tell you how long I had this as Miata <laughs> until about halfway through. And I said, I think he's saying a V. Or your Polish is not very good. Yeah, it was not. My Polish is not good. Yeah. <laughs> She's a smart lady. She put herself through nursing school. She came from communist Poland when she was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Put herself through nursing school. And she went, like, she went to Loyola, which is, like, a really nice, really great prestigious school so she was a smart chick mm-hmm. and Maya their oldest they, they've got two like you said but Maya was the oldest and she was born after like a struggle with infer- infertility right like a long time so it was like this life that was wanted from yeah even before she was ever born I mean she they they fought for her right and they they had this idyllic home and family mm-hmm. you know they had these two beautiful children and you know, isn't this how all these documentaries always start? Mm-hmm. It's just this idyllic life, and then something happens, and it just blows everything up. So all of a sudden, Maya starts getting sick. I'm not sure about how old she was. Uh, I think she was, like, about eight years old when it started happening. I remember thinking she was about Nova's age. Yeah, she was about – well, it started in um, 2015, 
And so by the time 2016 hit, she was 10. So she would have been eight or nine when okay. it kind of started. So she starts getting sick. And now this is sudden onset. Right. Okay. She's totally fine. And then suddenly mm-hmm. pain, lethargy, breathing problems, headache, blurred vision, could not walk. Her her little feet were getting turned in like they were pigeon-toed. But right. like not just pigeon-toed, completely turned. Turned, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was really terrible to even look at the pictures yeah. of what she was going through. And, and she would even get physical signs like um, these red breakouts mm-hmm. that would bleed and look crazy, which, I, I mean – if you are somebody who's ever, I have an autoimmune disorder, and so if you ever have been is someone it that small one that nobody's ever heard of, lupus. Lupus. <laughs> this is a, an uncommon one. <laughs> um, no, mine actually is <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I know. I'm just. Uh, so I have something called connective tissue disease, and so my connective tissue, I have an antibody that attacks it, mm. and so I have a lot of different symptoms, but. Like, as I'm watching this documentary, I could so relate because you have all these crazy symptoms that don't make any sense. And people kind of look at you like you're nuts, okay? And now she's a child, and thank God, like, her parents listened to her Mm -hmm. and believed her. But even, like, my, my onset, my particular autoimmune disease doesn't rear its head normally until your adult years Hmm. it's usually brought on by something traumatic some traumatic medical event I had had shingles oh interesting so that's what sparked all of mine when they were showing all this stuff so with mine I had all of a sudden I just had severe joint pain I'd get to where I couldn't like move my arms above my head oh my goodness I would have just horrible lethargy like I Mm -hmm. just was tired all the time I would have constant headaches and then I started having these like whelps break out on me and it was so weird because all of a sudden because they were saying with her like she would describe it as like my skin is burning Mm -hmm. and that's how it felt like it would be a spot on my leg or a spot on my arm and all of a sudden it would just start itching and burning and I would think like the first time it happened I thought oh my god I've gotten into like poison oak or something Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I don't go outside. So, like, how did I get <laughs> Definitely that? Definitely not poison oak. I don't yeah. go in the yard. As it progressed, like, it was unbearable. Literally, I would put ice on it. I would put all this. Oh, my goodness. I would put, I would sit in the bathtub. I tried to put, like, eczema cream on it. It would get worse and worse. By the next day, it would look like what a hickey would look like. Mm-hmm. Like a really Bruised. deep yeah. bruise f- from just nowhere. I didn't hit myself. I didn't hurt myself. It's just like something within my skin was inflamed and I would just have this inflammatory response and so when I saw that I was like I cannot imagine being that age I remember how miserable I was before and it took me about two years to get diagnosed and I still have wow yeah it took me about two years to get diagnosed and I still have flare-ups and like there's even times I'll tell Amaryllis like I'm having a flare-up I just can't do it today but um, I'll tell her all the time it's in her head. Yeah, and she's like, hey, crazy, get on over here. Yeah. Now I know you should just take ketamine. If I could just take ketamine. They didn't offer me ketamine, but they did offer me um, some drug that they said, hey, this might make you go blind. <laughs> and I said, Pass. And I said, no, thanks. Pass. Um, but anyway, thankfully, through some 
more natural alternatives, I've been able to, you know, deal with mine. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still have pain. I still have flare-ups and things. It's just, it's one of those things of either you take the medicine and you deal with the side effects or you deal with the lifestyle change that that causes you, Mm -hmm. or you find some more natural alternatives like diet and exercise and different things Mm -hmm. that kind of help alleviate the flare-ups, kind of help them not be as severe mm-hmm. and you just deal with it yeah you know which is what I chose to do because I did not like how I felt you did not want to go blind I did not want to go blind mm-hmm. number That's one fair. I love looking at myself mm-hmm. I love it and I love looking at other people apparently 87 year old men love Absol- to look at you I'm it's prettier than fourth of July and so I just wanted to go that route because I didn't like yeah. how I felt on the medicine yeah. but being that young I was just like how in the world? How is she handling this? And how do you watch your baby go through that? That that's the worst part, right? Yeah, because it's chronic pain. Let me tell you about Beata though. She was a warrior for this little girl. She took her to every specialist you could come up with. I mean, it was just one appointment after another. But let me tell you what I love most about Beata is that she recorded every doctor's visit. Yes, she did, and she took notes. I mean, that's amazing, girlfriend. Yeah, that is. Fantastic. I've done that before. Oh, I have to. Where I record the doctor. Oh, I'll straight up record somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will. I, I, yes. No, it's never been a situation where like this, where it's been something negative or, mm-hmm. but where I've had to, I have two sisters and we tag team taking care of our parents. Mm-hmm. And if one of us has to take them to the doctor, I will, vi- I will record everything the doctor says so that I can send it to them so that they know exactly because I know I'll forget and I, or maybe I didn't understand something. And oh, yeah. Well, and especially when you're dealing with something that even though she was a nurse, she's not a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, especially when you're dealing with something like this where you're going to multiple doctors. Yeah. And again, like. And being told different things, I'm sure, because nobody could diagnose her. Right. Everybody was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. We have no idea what this is. Right. Different things. And especially medical with a child. Everybody's scared. They're going to think you got Munchausen's. You know? Yes. And yeah. so yeah. she was really smart to do that. And eventually she did find somebody. She did. She found a doctor. His name is Dr. Kirkpatrick. He's an anesthesiologist. And he came up with a diagnosis. It's something called complex or complex regional pain syndrome, CRPS. And it's something that almost no, uh, no physicians know anything about. It's super duper rare. And, and they, and nobody knows anything about it. Listen, us in the, in the autoimmune community, we love to use the letters. I love to say MCTD, mixed connective tissue disease. <laughs> it's so inside. It's like uh, it makes you sound really smart, right? Right. And then right. when you're like, "Hey, don't mess with me," like my MCTD is messing <laughs> up. Like people will be like, they don't want to ask you, and mm-hmm. so and they don't want to be like, "Oh, am I going to sound dumb if I don't know what that is?" And they're like, right. "Oh, girl, bless your heart." Yeah. And I'll be like, "Yeah, it's bad today. It's bad today." So unless you want to catch it, I'd get away from me. And leave me alone. Yeah. Don't talk to me. And don't ask me to go on that field trip. I don't no, want to. I can't. I can't do it. I definitely can't volunteer. I'm not volunteering. Nope. No. How about I wish volunteer? I had that. How about volunteer to come to my house and do stuff for me? I wish I had an autoimmune disorder. No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, send your emails to Amaryllis. <laughs> I, I did not say that. You're so lucky. <laughs> You're so lucky. Well, now, now, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't. Do you have a handicap sticker? No, but I could have one. Look, 
why do you not get one? Well, I, I really do think about it during Christmas. <laughs> and I go, why didn't I do that? Um, but now I do, I do use it with There's my so many perks of an autoimmune disease. There really is. I do use it with my husband because anytime, because part of mine is um, short-term memory loss, mm-hmm. um, which is why I have to watch these documentaries right before I come to your house. So Not for any other reason. So please don't come at me with that. <laughs> That is part of my disease. And so <laughs> my MCTD. That that is my favorite thing to use with him is when he comes home and he'll be like, Hey, I, I asked you to do so and so and I'll be like, um, I'm sorry, I have a disease. <laughs> my M C T D. Or he'll be like, Hey, can you guys do so and so? And I'll be like, Oh, I wish I could, my disease is flaring up. Is that what it's called? M C T D? Uh huh. M C T D. Mixed connective tissue disease. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll remember that next time. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say anything like I'm a hero, but kind of. <laughs> She's. Do you have your own color ribbon? <laughs> I do. It's tie dyed because it's mixed. <laughs> <laughs> Only I can joke about it, Emerilis. You can't. Don't laugh. All right, we'll share ribbons. We should we should start a merch store and add tie dye ribbons. I also have a deformed heart valve. If we want to talk about that too, why is that funny? Because now you're telling them all your stuff. Do y'all want to know my medical history? Would y'all, would y'all like to know her mother's maiden name? Would y'all like to know my medical history? The date of my last period was. How many babies have you had? How many successful pregnancies? How many? Oh, you <laughs> et cetera, know. et cetera. Anyway, folks. So. So Dr. Kirkpatrick, an anesthesiologist, diagnoses little Maya with CRPS, which is good Com- news and bad news, right? The bad news is she's got this disease. The good news is we have found an answer. Yeah. So he says the very best treatment mm-hmm. out there is ketamine. And it's. Kind of still in the experimental stage, so you're going to have to go to Mexico. That's right. It says it reset. It's, it stimulates the brain and it resets everything. Do you know, do you know anything about ketamine? Do you know what ketamine is? Well, I thought it was like a. It's, uh, an, an, uh, it's an animal tranquilizer. Is it? I yeah. thought it was like a hallucinogenic. Oh well, I mean it is for humans, but I ket- mean I was thinking like when I hear ketamine, and I just it, it, full disclosure, I don't know anything about it other than the name ketamine. I know they do use it for humans, but I know. From what I can understand is that it was predominantly used for animals. Ketamine is. I thought it was like ayahuasca. And I think on the I think on the streets they call it special K. Really? I don't know. I don't know. Did you just make that up? I think I saw it in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you sure they're not talking about cereal? Listen, nothing we say on this is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> not one thing. Not one thing. Not Please one thing. do not fact check us. Okay. No. Oh my gosh. But if you do, we should have a whole segment at the very end. But, but if you do, send us an email and explain it really well, and then we'll and read be it. nice and be nice, and we'll like you. But if you're not gonna, don't come at me. Yeah, don't come at us because I, I don't know anything about ke- like in my mind, it is like ayahuasca, those hallucinogenics that you do in South American jungles, yeah. and they reset your brain, or even even uh, uh, psilocybin, which is they're what? doing. Well, it's a psychedelic. It's a psychedelic and. 
I think that's what they call it, right? Psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it resets your brain. And it's a good thing. I mean, that would be uh, if you're under doctor's care. And so he said, this is the very best thing for it. But yeah, you can't do it here. Uh, you ha the, the thing she needs to do is she has to have such a high dose of ketamine uh -huh. to reset her brain because this is neurological. It needs to reset her brain. The, it has to be such a high dose that she's going to be in a five-day coma. Right. And it's experimental, and it's only done in Mexico. Uh, there's a chance of death, but it's worth the risk. That's what I'm asking Philip for for Mother's Day. Next a five-day coma? Five-day coma. Yep. That's actually fantastic. Like, rent me a room at the Ross Bridge. Give me some ketamine. Ross Bridge Cancun, because you can't do it here. Okay, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I gotta go to Mexico. Yeah. Put me... Now, I want to be medically monitored. Of course. I don't want to die. No. You know. Now, there like, is a chance of death. But, like, some good sleep... Because, you know, I'm an, I got Michael that, Jackson tried that. I got that insomnia. You know, that's how Michael Jackson died. Well, maybe I will Trying won't. to get sleep, they would give him propofol. Mm, maybe I won't take do it. You know, pro, do you know what propofol is? Propofol is what they use in uh, surgery to put you under. Propofol is what they gave um, Michelle Pfeiffer in What Lies Beneath. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I saw that in the movie theater a thousand years ago. Really? Yeah. I love that movie. I haven't seen it. I just remember seeing her in that bathtub. That's why I check Philip's hands before he goes to bed at night. You should. Make sure he's not trying to dose me. <laughs> With ketamine or no propofol? I mean. With propofol. Who knows? Yeah, he's got it in him. Antifreeze. He's got it in him. You never know. Shifty eyes. So they go to Monterey, Mexico in 2015, and the coma is induced. Also, it was horrific to watch this. To see that baby I don't, have hallucinations. I don't hallucinations. It was, it was really difficult to watch. It was hard to watch, but it was not as extreme as I thought it would be. Like when they said they're going to put her down for five days, I mean, you're thinking she's asleep for five days, but they would bring her in and out. Yeah, a I'm bit. thinking she's out. And then when you come, they have out, a different definition of coma. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people react differently when they come out of anesthesia. Like yeah. for, have I ever told you the story about Philip? Coming out of anesthesia. No, but I can't wait to hear it. So, Philip had to have sinus surgery, and we take him to the hospital, and he's in recovery. And so, my mother had come with me because it was pretty early on in our marriage, and, like, we were teenagers, so we didn't know what we were doing. And so, she was like, well, I'll go with you. And I said, okay. And so, they bring him back into recovery, and they're like, hey, you know, you can come back and see him. And I said, okay. And I had never seen somebody come out from under anesthesia before oh gosh and so I told my mother I was like well let's go back there and see him and she was like okay so she walks back there with me and he's just like I mean like he's he's coming out of it like he's awake but he's really groggy you know mm -hmm. and I was like hey how do you feel and he was like I don't know, like, I'm just, like, I'm itching. Like, I itch everywhere. And I was like, really? And he was, yeah, like, I'm itching so bad. And so he's, like, scratching, scratching, scratching. And I see him start to go underneath his blanket. Oh, gosh. And he was itchy somewhere private. Mm -hmm. And he starts going to town. Scratch. With your mom right there? And my mother is standing right there. And I go, Philip stop and he goes I can't like it itches so bad and I said stop doing that and he was like you don't understand how bad it's itching and 
my mother is like dying over in the corner. And I said, Philip, my mother is here. Was she embarrassed or was she laughing? I think a little bit of both. Okay. And he was like, oh my gosh. Like once he came to, at the moment he was like, I don't care. He was like, well, I am itching. And I was like, okay, horrible. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Like he can't even look at her in in the eye still to this day. To this day. (laughs) To this day. Can't look her in the eye. Well, little Maya did keep coming in and out. But she, but the the treatment was successful. Yeah. She came back home and she was living a normal life again. Things had sort of straightened themselves out and things were going great for a year. Yeah. And then she relapsed and it was in the middle of a hurricane and... And they live in Florida. They live in Florida. That's yeah. right. And it was in the middle of a hurricane. She had this horrible episode and Beata was working. She's a nurse, remember? Right. So she was working and she was on the phone the whole time with them. And so dad was like, I cannot let her be hurting like this. It was severe pain. Whatever she was going through, he was like, I've got to take her to the hospital. So he took her to the ER and the nurses were like, well, so you're giving her ketamine? Because they're still giving her ketamine at home. They're not putting right. her in a coma, but that's what how they're treating but it. But it's pain management. That's right. That that's right. And... They'd never even heard of CRPS. Mm-hmm. They'd never even heard of it. And they were like, why are you giving her ketamine? Well, Beata knew that that what would work. But so, so they, because the nurses had never heard of CRPS and they were like, why are you giving her ketamine? We're not going to give her ketamine. Beata was like a nurse. And she said, this is the only thing that works. And people at Johns Hopkins, all children's hospital, which is where they were, nobody believed it. Well, and she was like, you can even call our doctor. Like, I'm not making this up. I don't write the prescriptions. Like, this is what her doctor has said that we should do. That's right. So the hospital becomes suspicious. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, we've never even heard of this disease. And you're giving her ketamine. That seems really strong. And you're saying that she's only, she's, uh, this is the only thing that helps. This is really weird. So they send in this lady named Sally Marie Smith, Dr. Sally Smith. She comes in and she starts asking questions and it turns out that she's the quote abuse physician. Right. Well, because they were getting, they were getting antsy because her parents were like, forget this. Like we're about to leave. Mm-hmm. This, if y'all aren't going to help her, we're going to leave. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like let, let's let one more doctor come in. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being that lady, the abuse physician. So she talked to them for about 10 minutes and then she left and they said, FYI, your child is now in custody of the hospital. Yes. They were suspecting Beata of Munchausen by proxy. Right. Which I, this is, we've been through this before Munchausen with mommy dearest. Oh, Rosie Rose. Mommy dead and dearest. Yeah. Yeah. What was her name? Old Gypsy Gyps- Rose. Gypsy Rose. <laughs> yep. This was the opposite of what happened with Gyp- Gypsy Rose. This is so much the opposite. Like, it's not even funny. It's not even funny. It's, yeah. it's horrible. So, 10-minute interview. The hospital takes custody of the child. And they also accuse little Maya of faking. She's like... 10 years old by now and they're they're like you are a master performer yeah and again like Beata is so smart because as soon as she gets there she starts recording again Mm -hmm. and they play this during the documentary these recordings and you hear this poor baby and she goes mama I promise like it's not anxiety yeah because they're like oh she's just this is anxiety Mm -hmm. like this is how it it's in her head yeah it's in her head just like yours or I think she wants your I will jump over this table. <laughs> you can't. You're having a flare up. <laughs> I can't. My legs won't work. Um, but, like, she was 
going, hey, this is not fake. Like, And they even said, well, we kind of think it might be because she wants her mother's attention. That's right. Yeah. They're so smart. Whenever I want attention, I will scream out in pain. That's right. And I'll make my legs turn in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll stop walking. Right. Yeah. Right. I'll do all these things. And then I can also just manifest these like splotches, lesions that's on right. myself. Yeah. Yeah. Lesions. That's the other thing. She had a ton of lesions. Mm-hmm. So what we find out is that they only have to have probable cause. They don't really have to have proof of anything. They just have to think that this is happening. Right. They just have to think that it's happening. So children in Pinellas County, turns out that children in Pinellas County where this hospital is are two and a half times more likely than anywhere else in the state to be removed by Children's Protective System well, services. And, and one of the reasons that is is because in Florida, child welfare is privately run. Yeah. And so... They do what they They want. do whatever they please. That's right. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting, something that one of the advocates said, that Children's Protective Services started back in the 70s for serious abuse uh-huh. because there were situations where children were being terribly abused and at that time it was just physical abuse they were just saying that that sort of how the whole thing started was to catch physical abuse right right? and now there's medical abuse right which is so can be so subjective right right and but they're like no this is what's happening so we're taking your child yeah. Taking your child from perfectly good families, and it, it what it does is it accuses parents of mental illness, and it's using and using their kids for their own benefit. But Beata wasn't doing that. Beata was doing the opposite of that. She was advocating for her child. She was, right. she, and and they just didn't believe her. Well, because she told them she was like, you, what you're giving her. I think they were giving her Advan, which uh-huh. is a sleeping medication. Yep, they it's anti anxiety. Like, yeah, yeah, they were like hey, this is not what she needs. Like, she needs pain medicine. Well, Dr. Kirkpatrick called Dr. Sally Smith, okay? These are two physicians talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Dr. Kirkpatrick is a specialist. Like, he is a known specialist in this disease. And he said, because the the Kowalskis were like, hey, Dr. Kirkpatrick, can you call the hospital and let them know that we're not crazy? Right. And so he called her directly to tell her what was happening and sadly left it off the report. Oh, yeah. She did not include that she had talked to him in their report. She's like, oh, I She's don't, the worst. I don't recall that. And actually, when they did a background check on her, she had been um, suspected of child abuse. On her own. On That's her right. Own. That's right. Okay. Uh, she, she was, she made me more angry than anything because later on when we look at her in depositions, oh, she awful. was, she was unapologetic. She was awful. She never admitted any wrongdoing yeah. ever. Ever, ever. She was horrible. And so basically the hospital says, look, um, your child's under state's custody. We need y'all to leave. Mm -hmm. Like you. um, Can't even talk to her. You can't even talk to her. Um, We're going to set a hearing for tomorrow. And then you can go and talk to the judge. Because um, as of right now, like we, she can't have contact with either one of you anymore. That's right. So imagine you've just taken your kid to the ER Mm -hmm. in horrible pain. And you leave, and they have said, hey, guess what? We we have custody of your kid now. Now, here's the deal with Beata, though. She, I think there was also some culture gap situations going on, like sort of what we talked about earlier, how mm-hmm. I grew up in a culture gap. Yeah. Now, I'm not Polish. I don't know anything about Polish culture. But 
she was very aggressive. She was very, it was uh, because English is a second language. Sometimes when you're trying to express yourself in a different language, it can come across differently than what you want it to come across because you're not, you don't know how sometimes to express yourself in a way that, uh, that is appropriate for the situation only because it's your second language. Okay, well, look, I don't have a second language, and the way that Beata was was exactly how I would be. Cause well, yes, I also talk, she was a parent who was seeing an injustice. Back. Yeah, yeah she like, was, you're not going to sit there and tell me that I don't know something. And she's a nurse. Not only is she a nurse, right. she's a mom, and then she also has maybe some cultural things going on too. Right. So it was triple whammy there, and but I – not for one second would I ever blame her. I mean, I oh, think we would all be no. that way. And when honestly, you're... I thought she was kind of nice about it. I mean. Look, when my child got a weird assignment in Spanish class, I went crazy. Look. If this had happened, I don't know what, what would have happened. I can't say what I want to say. I know. But Look, I know. y'all know I've been through my stuff. And mm-hmm. when your child is. The world heard from you. Yeah. You. You advocate for your child. Yeah, totally. And and you know what? Sometimes you can't be whisper quiet about it. Mm-mm. You have no. to speak to where people will well, listen. Look, the, these were big consequences. This wasn't just somebody somebody hurt my child to hurt my my child's feelings. Right. This was these are huge consequences. So it it causes this huge uh, because of her aggression and because that was also making the hospital upset with her. And right. maybe causing them to not let them talk to Maya. It caused this huge blow up. That broke my heart, too, this huge fight that they had. Well, this is what Philip Gillespie refers to as double downing. So, basically, when the hospital does something that they shouldn't have done, okay, mm-hmm. number one, they're being, they're passing judgment on this family just because it's not even a medical problem that they understand Mm -hmm. i mean if it was something they were well versed in and they were like oh this is absolutely inappropriate then that would be one thing they're telling these people we don't even know about this disease but then she didn't even have it what we don't know about but then they've passed this judgment well now the mama's talking back and going look y'all are in the wrong here this is not okay Rather than going back and looking at themselves and going, okay, well, maybe we do need to talk to her doctor, and maybe we do need to take a step back, they double down. And they're like, oh, if you're going to if you're gonna try to bow up on us, Mm -hmm. we're going to bow up on you. We're done here. We're going to go even harder. And that's what they did. It's basically bullying. That's exactly what they did. Yeah. So after this huge blow up with Jack, and after being told that she can't talk with Maya, they went to the shelter hearing, which can is sort talk, of the initial shelter. Can we talk about this fight with Jack? Yes, it's horrible. It broke my heart. It's horrible. Okay, so they get back home, and Beata be recording everything. I love <laughs> okay? it. Like, she's even recording stuff at home because uh-huh. she was on the phone. And so she calls, and she's like, you know, look, I know that my daughter's upset. Like, I would like to speak with mm-hmm. her. And they were like, oh, sorry, because of this. Mm-hmm. You can't speak with her. And she goes, well, I mean, she's my daughter. I need to know she's okay. And they were like, well, I mean, like, we can give you updates, but you can't speak to her on the phone. And so she was like, are you serious? And you hear Jack in the background going, hang up the phone. Stop talking. Yeah. Stop doing that. You're ruining this. Well, they kept being told to play by the rules. Well, they basically got him afraid. And yeah. so – He's afraid, yeah. and so, and I can totally understand. I see both sides. I can totally yeah. understand this because at some point, you get to a point to where you're like, I just want my baby back, mm-hmm. and 
maybe if I just act calm and say, you're right, or I overreacted, then they'll do the right thing. And so he's thinking, if we just back down, they'll do the right thing and this will be over. Where Beata's looking at it and going, they've proven they're not going to do the right thing. Right. So if we back down, they're going to have us in jail. Like, we have to let them know that we don't have any qualms about saying this is appropriate treatment for our daughter. If we back down and say, oh, you're right, we shouldn't have done so-and-so, we're child abusers. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That, it, it, that, whole, that whole fight was, you know why it was heartbreaking is because we didn't know at that point what had happened to Beata, but you knew something had happened to Beata, uh-huh. and the pain in that man's voice when he was talking about this and yeah. and how he would look away and he was had this far-off look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. It was so freaking heartbreaking. Do you know what I love because about it? Because the destruction this hospital caused in this family, yeah. and not just temporary destruction, long-term destruction. Do you know what I love about Beata, though, is through this, she yes she did get frustrated as anyone does I never found her to be overly aggressive at any point um she spoke appropriately aggressive yeah she was appropriately Mm -hmm. frustrated Mm -hmm. and she spoke clearly she didn't cuss anybody out like she wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to be like some monster yeah but during that fight they're having this argument well their little boy hears it and he comes in and he's like upset and they're like listen mom and dad are having a conversation you need Mm. to go out of the room and the little boy goes mom I just want a hug I want a hug which this is so like what one of my kids would have done and so he crawls up in her lap and she's like it's fine like it's fine and he goes I know it is but like can you just not do what you're doing can you just like can you do what dad says settle down yeah and settle down and she goes your dad's not always right (laughs) Like, well, mm, she was right. <laughs> I can totally relate. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not. You tell your dad to settle down. Yeah, I'm not a dumb woman. Yeah. Like, I'm not settling down. Yeah. I will stand up for my child. So they go to their first hearing. It's called a shelter hearing. And no contact order was issued. She fainted. She fainted. She hit herself. She hit her head on the floor. Yep. The hospital changed Maya's treatment plan from the ketamine which, by the way, was a whole other thing because not only is she not a Beata, Beata and, and uh, Jack not able to see their child, but they are also having to remember that the only thing that works for her is ketamine. Yeah. So they also have to contend with knowing that she's in pain and not getting better because they've decided to take her off her meds. And nobody's medically able to advocate for and her. And nobody, right, and, and there's nobody. And she can't medically advocate for herself. That's right. Because she's, she's a, 10. She's a child. Yes. And they send her for a psyche valve because they go, look, she's she's fainted at this thing. Like, this is this is Something's a classic, wrong with this lady. This is a classic Munchausen mom. Like, right. let's send her for an eval. Well, that's what they diagnosed. They yeah. diagnosed it. And, and Beata said, well, I'll go to a psyche valve. That's fine. So they sent her for a psyche valve. And even the doctor came back and said, look, this woman does not have Munchausen's. Their psychiatrist that they sent her to said this woman does not have Munchausen's she is depressed because she's been separated from her child who is suffering but guess who didn't care Dr. Sally Smith right she did not care she did not care and they said well that's fine but we're still doing a no contact also by the way 
first of all, finally, they, they let Jack finally go in and talk to her. And there's tons of rules. You can't talk to her about this. You can't talk to her about that. You can't tell her that she's coming home. You can't tell her that, like, tons of rules. And you also can't discuss it with Beata. They also told him, you cannot discuss anything That's right. that happened. That's right, because he said, and I follow the rules because I yeah. wanted to see my baby. And she said that, he said that, you know, like, they told me we couldn't discuss anything. So basically, imagine he's going to visit their daughter, who is in incredible pain, her mother's not able to see her. Her mother's not able to speak to her on the phone yet. And he comes back, and she goes, I mean, I know how frustrated I get after Philip talks to somebody and I wasn't there. Not no. even somebody I care about. Sure. And I go, hey, what y'all talk about? And he'll be like, oh, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I will get so mad, and I'll be like, I know you did talk Look, about something Look, my mom was just hour. telling this story, uh, coincidentally, just telling this story uh, yesterday, that I was born a month early. So I was premature, and I was in an incubator for a month, five weeks. I was in the hospital for five weeks. Aww. And at that time, I'm 100 years old. So at that time, they did not let mothers, like now they let them go back there and hold the baby and bond and all that. Right. But back then, my mom was sitting at home for five weeks without me. Yeah. But my dad was a med tech at the time. This was before he became a doctor. So he had access. He knew the nurses and stuff. And he had access to go see me every day. Mm -hmm. So he would go to work and he would go see me. And she was just so worried that she that I would never know her or that when I finally got home I wouldn't know her and bonded. that I right yeah. and so one morning my dad got he would work 11 to 7 at 11 night 7 in the morning and he came home and she was like did you get to see her today and he said no he said yeah he she asked me for my wife <laughs> <laughs> she started crying like, oh, isn't that funny <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's not funny. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that. Like, it was just, and he was just kidding, of course. Yeah. But in this situation, like, they're putting a wedge in a marriage. Oh, yeah. Like, she was so upset. And, of course, it's like she doesn't not want him to be able to visit with Maya because that's the only contact, familiar contact she has. But at the same time, you know, there has to be some hurt there that he's seeing Yes. Her, and she's not. And also that he's not carrying the torch for her right you know that he's not there fighting the battle for her he's damned if he does damned if he but doesn't he's scared he's gonna lose visitation yeah and basically he's in a bad spot and basically they sit him down they have a police officer come into one of these visits and go hey um if it came between seeing your daughter and <gasps> seeing your wife who would you choose that's right he said his daughter yeah. Because what else is he going to say? That's right. Because if he doesn't, then he's complicit with the Munchausen mom. That's right. And if you, they asked him all kinds of uncomfortable questions, they were wanting him to guarantee that he would keep Maya away from Beata. Right. Is, if, we what, if we return her to your custody, will you leave your wife? Yes. And he said yes. And he said yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that I got pretty upset with was Dr. Kirkpatrick, which was their physician that diagnosed him with, mm -hmm. diagnosed Maya with CRPS. Mm -hmm. When he said, hey, Beata, I just need to let you know, this is going to be a very slow, painful death for Maya. Because if she doesn't have her medicine, this, this if it's not properly treated, this will get worse and yeah. worse. Which is probably not what he should have said to this woman who was battling, who, you know, whose child was in the hospital she had no access to. Yeah. I think, I mean, that just compounded everything for her, right? To, to know that, that man, I'm fighting so hard and nothing I'm doing is going to help this child and she's going to yeah. die because I've not been successful at this. That could not have gone 
you know, that, that, that could that not have helped have, her depression that's at right, all. That's right. Well, and also that parent advocate, did you hear her? She said, hey, um, just play the game. Do just play what, the game. Do what they want to do. Say what they want you to say. Roll over and take it. And then once you get your daughter back, just don't go back to that hospital. Well, because what's better? Is it better to let her suffer now for short term or not have you for the long term? Right. And this is the... Well, neither one of those two are good options. Right. And this is the very thing that keeps us in the state that we're in. Okay? Yeah. I can't tell you how many people who quote unquote were my friends that basically in my situation advised me just let it go just let it go just let it go that's right because I mean this what, stuff happens what, what does it matter she's she's going to be gone next year yeah what does it matter um what does it matter it, it matters for the next person it, how about it matters for your kid yeah how about that how about for Beata it mattered for what if her son was in that situation that's right what if her nephew or even any kid. Any child. Any child is in that. Because as it turns out, there were quite a few of those children. Right, right. Yeah. We'll get we to that in a second. Later on. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. So then we meet Kathy Beatty, the social worker, the stalker, mm -hmm. who told Maya that she was gonna adopt her. Oh my <laughs> gosh, this woman. <laughs> this this woman. woman. Holy smokes. She also she, sat She on had the, also been arrested for child abuse. Yeah. She also sat on the phone calls. So finally, they do allow Beata to, talk. to have yeah. phone conversations. Yeah. But they're on speakerphone monitored by this woman who wants to take her child. Who she told to, Maya that she would adopt her. Yeah. She said, hey, listen. She was telling Maya, hey, basically, your mom's abusing you. You're yeah. probably not going to go back to her. Do you want me to adopt you? I'll take care of it. I'll take care of you. Yeah. But first, let me take some pictures of you with your clothes off, in your underwear, with you screaming and crying. Yeah. And I'm not going to give you any medicine. Have you ever in your life? It's astonishing. The things that we learned, that we saw in this movie, it's astonishing. And, like, how are you not held accountable for that? How also, is that not child abuse? Kathy, at some point, said, you know, I don't I don't like uh, Beata's attitude, so you're oh. not, you can't talk to her anymore. Oh, yeah. She, after... And every phone conversation, she's like, hey, baby, how are you feeling? I love you. Are you okay? And she said, what are they giving you for pain? Mom, you can't say that. Yeah, and she That's goes. That's how she would interrupt it. Mom, redirect. Mm -hmm. Redirect. And she'd be like, what is she taking? And they were, and she was like, oh, they're just giving me Ambien. And she's like, That's not yeah. going to. And she was like, I know I'm like, I'm really struggling. And so. She'd be like, redirect mom. And then after that, she was like, this is not um, productive productive yeah. or appropriate for her. They don't need to have a conversation anymore. So they, they go finally to, a, to the judge, before the judge again, 87 days in state custody. Almost three months. And they get to the judge and the judge consistently because there's so much corruption, right? I mean, right. that's exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. Somebody knows somebody and, and, and. Or maybe there isn't corruption, and they're just so scared of being sued otherwise. Or they're so scared that the child is being abused that they're not considering that she's not. You know, if you give them the benefit of the doubt, which I don't, I mean, there's definitely corruption. Oh, well, now and I, I remember exactly why she stopped the phone calls. is because she said, baby, did you get my letter? Oh, what and, letter? And she said, what letter? And she was like, I sent you a letter. And... The, the woman, she said, I gave it to Miss Kathy. And she was like, 
oh, no, I, I never received a letter. And she was like, yes, I gave it to so-and-so who was to give it to you. Yeah. And she goes, oh, well, you'll have to talk to her. There's, there's no letter. And by the way, you can't talk to her anymore. And by the way, you're done. Yep. No yep. more contact. So they go to the judge, and the judge says, Mm-mm, you still can't see her. Mm-hmm. 87 days, state custody, 10 years old, little girl. Right. Out of the blue. She didn't even, she didn't even get to say goodbye to her because her dad had taken her to the ER, ER while she was working. So originally when she went to the hospital, right. she it wasn't like, I'll see you in a little bit, baby. Right. You know, it was just like, let's she, take her well, to the hospital. And she even asked the judge, she said, hey, listen, I've not seen my baby in 87 days. Can I at least just hug? She's here. Mm-hmm. Can I at least just hug her and no. tell her goodbye? And he you said, mm, I don't think that's appropriate. So, of course, she is beside herself. So they go home. They're supposed to go to some birthday party with their other little child. And she said, I don't feel like it. And so dad takes Kyle and they come back. He didn't see her when he comes back. He just thought she was asleep, having a migraine or something. And yeah, she the was, bedroom door was closed. Right. So she, she, he, he just left her alone because it had been a pretty awful day. And look, I know some people would look at that and think, oh, like, that's weird. No, nope, it's not weird at her. all. It's not weird at all. I'm that way. If I tell Philip, I do not feel good. I'm going to bed. I... I just want to be well, left alone. Also, they're not on the best terms either. They're yeah, struggling they're with each other. Sleeping in separate bedrooms. Yeah, they're, they're struggling. They're struggling. Yeah. So it, it's not weird. I mean, right? I, it's not weird at all. And definitely, if she's not feeling good, and also he knows what just happened today. Right. He's getting a chance to see Maya, and she's but she's not. not. So he knows this is he's he, she's not doing well. She really needs okay. to rest. One thing leads to another, and Beata's brother comes to the house. Well, so they had been home for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. and he said he he heard a knock at the door and was kind of startled. Yeah. Because it's nighttime, and it was her brother. I can't get in touch with Beata. Right. And for whatever reason, he goes into the room that she's in and discovers that she has hung herself. Yes. But let me tell you about Beata. She leaves, she leaves no stone unturned. Mm-mm. She left a note. That was point by point. Yes. Everything that the reason she did this, the person who was responsible. Hey, judge, you're the reason that yeah. I have just killed myself. Dear judge. You are the very reason that this is happening. Yes. And and in that one, she did call somebody an a-hole. But I don't I don't blame her. Right, right. <laughs> how, she about was, you, how about you get to? Yes, that, yeah. right. And that, right. It was not I'm killing myself because I'm so depressed. It was. I'm killing myself because I know if I'm gone, you'll give my baby back. She was a sa- she was a sacrifice, yes. Yeah. And 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 but like you know, there's also the element of I don't see a way out of this. Yeah, they, they are not consistently one time after another. The judge would say, "You can't see her. You can't talk to her. You can't hug her." And you, you definitely this is a Munchausen by proxy situation. Yeah. And there's no way out. And for her. A person who struggled with infertility, who Maya was a reward of years of prayers mm-hmm. and trying and money mm-hmm. and effort. And and she, her whole life was spent trying to help this child through her illness. There's no way out of this. Yeah, she the literally traded for her, her life yeah. for her child. If there's anything I've learned in my adult life is that anyone who, who takes their own life is not you know when I was younger I would always say what cowards and I realize now that that is absolutely not the case when someone takes their own life it is out of desperation it's desperation it is desperation yeah and that's exactly what she did and but um and I was watching those those children at that funeral and you oh, know the my. family and it was just horrific you can't yeah. even put into words the horror that you're watching because it was all 
avoidable Mm -hmm. and completely the fault of this sherry uh, whatever her name is the smith uh, yeah and i mean not only has this 10 year old baby who's gone through horrific pain been separated from her family for almost three months she comes home to her mother being gone forever she's in a wheelchair at the funeral Mm -hmm. bawling her eyes out yeah and then here's what angered me more once beata died Maya was allowed to go to the CRPS specialist, not Dr. Kirkpatrick, another CRPS mm-hmm. specialist who was like, oh, yeah, she definitely has this. And they released her immediately. And they gave her to, death, to yeah. the dad. So they did exactly what Beata said they would do. 92 days in state custody. They did exactly what Beata said they would do. She was 87 days in state custody when mom killed herself. Right. 92 days in state custody. So five days later. Five days later. Yeah. They said, oh, you know what? You really do and have there was CRPS. And there was probably a weekend in there. I am so upset by this. Yeah. I'm so, so freaking angry about yeah. it. So they're interviewing them, it looks like, in 2020, four years later. Uh, I think that's what the screen said, that it was 2020. And Sweet Maya is just so damaged. You know, she is, there's no joy in her. You know, she's she's a beautiful teenager who's, she's doing okay. Like, she still has flare-ups and stuff. She's doing okay. But she is Beata, though. She is. She's, she's amazing. She's taken after she's amazing. her mama. But even after her release, after they let her go, after those 92 days, they were like, we're going to let you go. You definitely have CRPS, but you are not allowed to take ketamine. Yeah. The only drug that works, you're not allowed we're to take We're not going to give that to you. Right. So this is the point where this journalist comes in, and she says this is an interesting story. And she, she wrote it all up. She had, you know, tried to get statements from everybody, and she wrote the story and clicked publish. And she was like, I'm moving on to my next story. This was a crazy thing that happened. Yeah. Well, the next day, she logs in, and she's got 100 messages from parents who have been through the exact same thing oh, that yeah. Beata and the Kowalski family went through. And they all could tell the same story about Sally Smith. Yeah. It was the exact same doctor. Right. And Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that name over and over because people don't take your children to this John hospital. John Hopkins. All Children's Hospital yes. in Florida. Uh-huh. Do not take your child to this hospital. And definitely, if you see Dr. S- Smith. If you see Sally Smith, <laughs> hit the road. Put your child under the bed. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. Do whatever you can to get the heck out of there. Hide your kids, hide your wife. That's right. That's right. So this is sort of where we find out what a freaking rock star Beata was because what was happening with all these parents that were coming out of the woodwork is they gave up, right? But not because they gave up for the sake of giving up. They were told to give up and that they would get their children back if they went along with the case plan. Right. And the case plan was just a series of checkboxes. You go to this class, you do this, you admit that you're wrong. Also, make sure that you don't sue us. You know what it was? It was basically just punishment. Yeah. They were like, well, it was what they think should be done. I mean, we're going to punish you with all these things so that you don't do this again. That's right. Do not come back to this hospital like this. Mm -mm. And, and also if you go through this case plan and we give you your child back, you waive your right to sue this hospital. Well, Beata was like, I'm not signing this. I'm not going by this case plan. plan. I didn't do this. Yeah. So all these hundred people, there was one guy who was in jail for almost a year. He was in, he was, he was in jail imprisoned Mm -hmm. for almost a year accused of abusing his child and all of them signed case plans so none of them could sue the hospital but guess who didn't sign a case plan oh beata oh beata she said she said (laughs) like heck no i ain't gonna do it Mm -mm. that's right then they find out this is the kicker 
Johns Hopkins, all Children's Hospital, worst hospital of all time. Yes. And that includes Cooper Green. Hey, now. <laughs> Cooper Green is a good establishment. They will take out your gallbladder for anything that ails you. That's what my daddy used to say. He'd say. It's buy one, get one free say, at Cooper Green. Listen. He'd say, now listen, you go to Cooper Green, but you ain't coming out of there with a gallbladder. <laughs> Cooper Green, just look that up, folks. Runny Cooper nose, Green, Birmingham. Runny nose, take that gallbladder off. <laughs> you feel like a million bucks when you leave. He said, I think they were selling those things on the black market. <laughs> There's a black market for it, for sure. Yeah. Turns out that Johns Hopkins had been charging the Kowalski's insurance company $50,000 for treating CRPS. They did such a great job. The disease job. they said she did not have. Did not have. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. You know what I loved most? We were to, let me go back to these people that came out of the woodwork, the 100 people. That one lady who was so petty, and she was amazing. She sent Sally Smith a Christmas card every year with her kids. <laughs> yeah, she did. She's like, we're doing great, Sally. How are you? <laughs> Merry Christmas. So <laughs> I thought that was so awesome. So they, so they did. So they sued. But this is what happens when someone who's brave that doesn't care more about what people will think of them mm-hmm. or how it's going to affect them. And also because they're right then, and just. Then the truth and justice mm-hmm. stand up and do something. It causes the people who felt like that they didn't have a voice to all of a sudden get a voice. That's right. You know? Like, it's that, it, it really does just take one person yeah. to stand up and say, it's not right. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to tell the truth, and we're not going to hide, and you're not going to make us feel ashamed of ourselves for advocating for our child. That's right. Yeah. I wish that we had a resolution right now. There had been, they had a trial set, they had a trial date set, and at the very last minute, and, and this poor family had been really looking forward to it for months and months and months, and at the last minute, like, that's just what happens in the legal world. At the last minute, they canceled it. But the reason that they postponed it is because the lower court was trying to decide if the Kowalskis could sue for punitive damages. Punitive damages are damages that money, money that they're going to get for things that might have happened. Like, money, yeah. Yes. And... You know, that's where the big money comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they could sue them for, say, the $50,000 for insurance, or they could yeah. have, like, a hard number. But punitive damages, that'd be $50 million for their right. pain and suffering, right. right? Right, So they postponed the trial because the lower court was trying to decide that. I think that's right, and someone can correct me if that's wrong, but I think that's right. And how about somebody did die? Somebody did die for no because reason. Because of their actions. Yes. And, and somebody continued to suffer right the child continues to suffer and not just at the loss of her continues to suffer yes. yeah. right I mean she has her illness that illness made her suffer and then the mm-hmm. loss of her mother and oh my gosh she was amazing in those depositions she I said you have her. the audacity to ask me why I don't want to go to the hospital she ever said, are you insane have you <laughs> lost your freaking mind what is wrong I yeah. was like there's Bianca, Bianca. She, 
Beata. Beata. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they were, and that brother, that sweet brother, he has been through so much too, just watching his, I losing know. his mother and watching his sister go through this. I mean, yeah. but I felt my heart broke for them when they didn't have the trial because that's sort of, I mean, they've just been waiting for it to get justice for their mother. But now it's set for September 2023, so it's coming up in the next few months. I'm so excited. I am so excited for them because there is zero chance that anybody can look at these facts. But you know what I did read yesterday, and I'm ticked off about it. What Johns Hopkins is going to try to do is they are accusing Beata of writing ketamine prescriptions Prescriptions. illegally. Yeah. But, hey, P.S., if I'm on that jury, I'm going to say I don't care. Uh and hey, I would say I would write as many ketamine prescriptions as I could to help my child. And hey, P.S. They have a doctor that said I prescribed it. Yeah. There's no. There's no. They're just going to try to discredit Beata. And you know what makes me so mad is the only reason they're pushing it off is because they want them to give up. They want them to That's give up. That's what they do. Yeah. They they try to push it off and they try to make people forget because what do human beings do? Yeah. When they don't not, know people like us. When it's not happening right then. Mm-mm. Then you just go, oh, well, maybe we should just let it go. Yeah. They never met a Beata or an Amaryllis or a Misty. They they have never. They have never. I, that No. And so how about my favorite saying is I got all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and Beata and I'm right. literally gave and I'm up right. every day of her life mm-hmm. to make sure nobody forgot about this. Yeah. I'm excited for what they've got coming. I mean, I, I know they would trade it all for their mom. Absolutely. And I totally get that, but I hope that they get what they have coming. So yeah. it, it is, by the time this documentary is over, you're heartbroken because those kids are heartbroken and they're mm-hmm. so disappointed about this postponement. And, yeah. you know, just, it's so horrible the things that happen to this family. And yeah. it's not even just, you know, hey, this is bad luck. It's things that could have been prevented that horrible people intentionally did. But how about Sally Smith got wise and she settled out of court? I wish I could see that settlement. Now, she wouldn't be on this documentary. She would not comment. But Mm -mm. she said, let me go on and pay up because Mm -hmm. I I don't want to have to sit on a witness stand. I hope she gets her license pulled. And let them hear all the things that I actually did do. Well, look, you don't want to be Sally Smith and be the star of the number one trending documentary on Netflix right now. Or on the number one trending podcast about (laughs) documentaries. (laughs) I don't want to brag, y'all. We kind of famous. We're a little bit famous. We're a little bit yeah. famous. Guys, don't watch this documentary. Just Listen let to this, this be podcast. enough. Let this be enough. I'm telling you. Share only this podcast. Right. Yeah. Do not watch this. This is, it is a, it's just so horrible. It's yeah. so horrible. But anyway, that's, there you have it. I was so mad at Misty that she made me watch she this. She was so mad at me. But look. Look, we had some lighthearted moments. We always worry when we do like really a deep serious. stuff like this that we don't want to. How like, are we gonna make this? How are we gonna make this funny? We gotta we like. Can't. How are we gonna brighten somebody's day? Because that's at the end of the day, that's yeah. our goal, right? But we found some lighheartedness. Philip I scratched hope. his junk after he came out of anesthesia. Well, I don't know how yeah. lighthearted that is. Well, I'm sure that he loves it. You just said that. Oh, he'll he, never know. He doesn't listen. He'll never know. <laughs> he is not. But now one, my mom knows. He is not but, one of our tens and tens listeners. No, but my mom is. So. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, my mother and Marlos. All right. I guess. I guess that does it. Yeah. What are we gonna do next? I don't know. Please. Something happened. Listen, Philip never cares nothing about on the dock. Okay. And literally tonight he said, "Will y'all please do American Gladiators?" Yes. That's absolutely. the new one on yeah. Netflix. 
Done and done. I loved American Gladiator. Is it a series or is it just an hour? No, it's a, I think it's just an hour. Okay, good. I like it when it's a movie versus a docuseries. But I never, hey, do you know what I, I just watched? I know if I'm giving you good information or not. Love and, oh crap, what is the name of it? Love, De- Love, and, Love Death? and Death? Oh, yes. I did too, girl. Did you watch it? I watched it every week it came out, yes. Okay, I, I just binged it, finished binging it today. Yeah. And, uh, P.S. We have released the candy episode from Patreon, so if y'all want to go back and listen to that, yeah, it's on. It's on as a bonus. Yeah. All right. It's very different than the Hulu one. It the is. Hulu was so campy. It is and different. funny. Yeah. And I, this really humanized her. Yeah. And it it was not a you know when I finished watching Candy on Hulu, I thought, well, this woman is crazy, and she has slaughtered this woman for forty seven wax on her face and now I realize maybe that's not exactly what happened now now my opinion of it has totally changed oh my goodness because I think I was so enamored by the humor of like how stupid it was yes (laughs) like not so campy don't get me wrong it was a great series yeah yeah, yeah. the entertainment value was what it was very light what you were there for and so I didn't really listen to the facts as much as I should have where on this one, they went in depth with the facts. And now I'm kind of like, okay, Candy, I think it was self-defense. I think it was, too. I do, too. I totally buy it. I'm sorry, Candy. I shouldn't have said that. I know. I'm very sorry. You didn't, you and she didn't have that curly hair in this movie. Thank God. She was. Although the, the first one was more accurate to the real life. I, yes. But, but those are not very attractive people. Yeah. I don't know if it was just that it was the 70s or what. Well, I, they all looked elderly in their 20s. I yes, don't know. they did. Why'd I do that? I don't know why they were all, like, fighting over each other about who was sleeping with who. I know, that's <laughs> right. Like, cares? I'm just trying to sleep with my husband, and that's enough for me. Yes. I, well, I, also, if I was trying to sleep with somebody else, they would probably look better than my husband. Right? You know? <laughs> why are you going to go downgrade? <laughs> right. Right. It, I, that was, I, I didn't, I totally didn't get Some that. Some things are worse than breathing through your mouth. <laughs> I guess it just depends on what you like. <laughs> I guess. So anyway, so American Gladiator it is. All right, American Gladiator, <laughs> spandex, and muscles, and, and competition. Yes. All right, happy fourth. Happy fourth. Bye. Bye.